to Married with Channels podcast. My name is Moose. And I'm Jody. We're a married couple and we talk about some TV shows and some movies. Sometimes. Sometimes indeed, sometimes. A lot of times. <laughs> How are you, Jody? I'm all right. How are you? I'm okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's begin right off this week with this. Only Murders in the Building. Season two. Season two. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. And an other, you know, a, a very underappreciated supporting cast. Tina Fey, who I love. Tina Fey's in there. You've got, uh, I mean, some of the people who play residents in the building. Th- there's, those are great characters. Absolutely. They're played by great actors. And yeah, just an overall good supporting cast going on. And just uh, a good show. Season two, I have to admit, the first couple episodes, I was not into it. Same. I was not feeling the, it just didn't have that same. And at that point I was thinking, okay, was this like a one season kind of, this is different. It's kind of like a, a whodunit with some quirkiness and some comedy and the charm is there, but has that worn off? And over, over the season and our, our friend told me this essentially like, oh, just wait, it gets better. Yeah. And I think it did get better. I think I would agree with that. I like it when you agree on stuff. Yeah. I kind of felt the same. I was kind of like, uh, it's just kind of more of the same, like a, a template that they've stamped out. And I don't know. I didn't really quite get into it either. But then it got better. Got, Agreed. It got more complex with like, ooh, who could it be? And then you kind of get really yeah. interested in like, okay, I got to try and figure it out myself. So. Yeah. I, um. Um, and maybe, uh, maybe part of the charm of the first season was that kind of newness, that world building that they were putting there. You know, I thought like this cool apartment building in New York city, which is classic and old and the residents there seem all kind of lived in and real, a little exaggerated at times, but, Mm -hmm. and you had a great cast Mm -hmm. and this season when it started, it was very much for me feeling like. Okay, I don't know if we have a good story here. Yeah. Like, yeah, we get it. Bunny was killed in the first season. But then as the season went on, season two, uh, you know, things started to kind of really, the pieces started to fall in line. I like that they spent a little time on Bunny for an episode because I think in the first season, we just viewed Bunny as this annoying pain in the ass. uh, I don't know what you call it. Building manager. Building manager. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a little more shade, a little more layers to Bunny. And also some of the other characters, too. Like, you heard a little bit about the doorman and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit more into um, Steve Martin's character with, like, the introduction of Lucy, his stepdaughter. I'm confused about that. I don't think it's his. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was his stepdaughter. At first, I thought that was his daughter. Right. And then from his divorce, not divorced wife. But no, she's a daughter of his ex-wife. Yes. Stepdaughter, no blood there. Right. Yeah. So she shows up. Yep. Were you towards the end of this season kind of thinking, is Lucy the murderer? Kind of. Well, not not towards the end. I was kind of thinking that when she was kind of going all around the secret passageways and stuff. Like, what is this girl up to? What's her thing? You know? And, And we should point out there will be spoilers. I think at this point. Yeah. People who are watching the show have probably seen the whole season. But hope so. You've been warned. There's spoilers coming. Yeah. 
Um, and I think the the reflex when a new character is introduced into a show, yeah, your first instinct is okay. They're a good possibility of being a the perpetrator, absolutely, the murderer. So then you have to kind of work back from that a little bit. Yeah. Like, so Lucy's a new character. Why is she showing up all of a sudden? Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't really understand if she have any motive to kill Bunny, but maybe there's some, she used to live in the building, so maybe there's some history there. See, I felt the same way uh, with Alice, the artist that right. got involved with um, Mabel's character. It was like, okay, yeah. this new person, hmm, you're a suspect. <laughs> exactly. And the the whole thing with Alice it was as as her as we kept going along with her and then like oh what's selena gomez's character mabel. mabel walks in on alice doing this recreation of uh crazy the tragedy mabel. the tragedy yeah. yeah i'm like okay yeah that's not something i would somebody i would trust would do sure but well, at the same time she's an artist and this is part of her art and nobody's getting hurt here in this Anyway. Well, and that's essentially kind of why Mabel ended that relationship is like, I can't trust you now. Done. So it's interesting. I love how each character kind of evolves and grows and you see some of that evolving and growing too. You know, they Mm -hmm. all kind of keep trying to improve themselves through, through what they're going through. um, Yeah. And whatnot. I mean, even Oliver and, you know, yeah, yeah, and his son. And Charles, too. I mean, just kind of kind of learning about more about his dad. And yeah, just all, kind of all of those characters kind of evolve and grow through this season as well. So that was pleasant to watch. Yeah. Do you think the Oliver and his son, you know, the DNA test stuff, did that really add anything? It obviously didn't add to the main plot. I mean, I think it kind of spoke more to um, forgiveness of Nathan Lane's character, like, because we come to find out that, you know, that's kind of an enemy of Oliver's, not only because he, you know, helped Tim cover up his transgressions, but now he's slept with Oliver's wife. It is the father of his son, you know, and so, you know, it was kind of um, cool to see that evolve you know teddy teddy's i'm sorry oliver's forgiveness of teddy kind of comes to fruition there by the way i'm gonna facetime my dad soon just oh yeah we might have to pause yeah yeah um yeah i just didn't think the oliver stuff with the dna i get what you're saying yeah it does lend itself to the uh teddy storyline and it increases more of the I don't know if it really was necessary, though. Even with sure. the Teddy storyline, who cares at this point? Sure. You know, I, I think that's a character that could go away and you wouldn't really miss it. Yeah. But obviously the first season, Teddy and his son are key characters. But anyway, um, but uh, so, yeah, Alice, back to Alice. I Towards the end of the season, about episode eight, I was like, I bet Alice did it. Right. And then in the finale. Yeah. Um, they essentially accused Alice. Yes said she did it and i was like oh she yeah. did do it right but then they used that as a ruse as to a s- decoy they, they knew that poppy couldn't stand by and go like no way yeah like, i did it yeah <laughs> and and lo and behold poppy was the murderer can i can i tell you my favorite part of that episode hmm. when they do the slow motion it was so oh, great yeah. like 
that's really hard to do if you think about it. And that cast, I don't know how many takes they had to do to execute that pretty perfectly, but they did that perfectly. And it was so great. Here's the scene where they revealed the killer. Do you have some kind of allergy to Mrs. Gambolini, perhaps? It's so strange. The killer sneezed when fleeing the crime scene. It's not a crime to be allergic to rancid bird molting. And what, you're going to believe some, some young girl that's hiding in your walls? Only the killer could have known there was a girl hiding in the walls that night. Her name is Lucy. And yours is Becky. <gasps> Who told you that? We did. I wasn't stabbed. It's all theater. It's interesting. I like the big kind of Poirot, Poirot, Columbo reveal at the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's good. And it seems like it seems like the murder mystery thing is kind of back in style over the last few years. Oh, between this and Knives Out, and you got the new Knives Out coming here soon. Sure. Um, and 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 people are redoing the Agatha Christie movies. Awesome. So maybe uh, murder mysteries are kind of uh, a new or having a re revitalization. Back to Poppy, our murderer. Yeah. She was the assistant to uh, Cinda Canning, Tina Fey's character. Yep, rival podcaster of the. Yeah. When they went to the uh, how she came into the scene, I thought it was like, I thought it was weird that she just showed up in Cinda's office, just opened the doors like, I'd like a job. Yeah. Little banter back and forth. Eventually, I got the job. Yeah. It's like, that's that. You, there's no secretary or receptionist. <laughs> there's probably about two other people before you can come into the office of arguably the biggest podcaster in the country. Yeah. You know, that's like going up to Howard Stern. You know, just going up in the building and exiting the elevator and walking into his office. Hey, Howard Stern, I'd like a job. It doesn't sure. happen that way. Sure. I I think, you know, they're taking some liberties. There were a couple other kind of plot holes that I didn't quite understand. Like when things were heating up and they felt like Lucy was in danger, Charles put her in like a car service and told them to take her back to her mom. And yeah. evidently that didn't happen because then the next time we saw her, she was back in charles's apartment i believe that was the next time and i was like wait what yeah okay okay yeah so there's a couple plot holes but it's not stuff that really takes you out of it too much sure um i was uh this show is like really this season anyway i in my opinion had a lot of red herrings you mm. know what i mean like mm -hmm. at first they they wanted you to think I think maybe Alice and then maybe uh, Michael Rappaport's character mm -hmm. and then Tina Fey's character. Yep. And be and then they had like the little backstory segments on Poppy. So then um, maybe they're just trying to confuse you a little bit. Sure. But overall, you know, good show. I think second seasons are usually kind of the, I don't want to say worst, but toughest seasons for sure. shows and sophomore slump and all that. But I think they pulled it off pretty well. I'm, I'm I'm starting to get a little uh, with the show just because they seem to be doing a lot of the celebrity cameo guest starring. You know, like Amy Schumer was in this season. Mm -hmm. I don't know what she was doing there. Yeah, I don't she didn't know. Really, she didn't really yeah. bring anything, right? No. <laughs> yeah. She was there for maybe two episodes worth. Yeah. And then she's gone. Yep. So why? I don't know. And then we have Paul Rudd. I almost forgot all about that. Yeah, but, right? Yeah. 
But I think Paul Rudd's going to be in season three, right? Well, yes. Yeah. And I mean, he has to be. He's essentially the next murder victim. Yeah. Which is interesting. I thought the end of this, the finale, you know, it flashes a year later. Uh, Oliver's directing this big play and this big, you know, kind of uh, testy actor played by Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. And then before the curtain goes up, him and um, Charles Savage kind of get into it. Yep. And that seemed very phony to me. Mm. But almost to the point where I was thinking, is this like a play within a play? Sure. Because it was very like, even Steve Martin was kind of hamming it a little bit to Paul Rudd. Like, you son of a bitch, you yeah. bastard. You know, that sort sure. of thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting how that unfolds. I kind of was with you. Like, it seemed a little eh, hokey. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm sure they'll work it all out in season three. I'm also, sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it's hard to be mad at Paul Rudd. Right? Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? I mean, I do. I know you do. <laughs> Only Murders in the Building, season two in the books. I would recommend it. Yeah. I think if, you, especially if you like the first one, go check it out. Sure, sure. But I think if you haven't watched this show, watch season one first. I think it's better. Absolutely. And uh, they're both good, but I think season one is better. Cool? Cool. Moving on to a show that Jody's been watching, but I have not. Yeah. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Uh, season five. You've now. watched all the seasons. I have. Yep. And I think I think we might have touched on this way back. Okay. Um, to recap, we started it together. We, we did? Yeah. We I started, don't even remember that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we started episode one. I think we finished the first episode. Yeah. And then we started the second one. And then maybe we started it and it got late. We had to go to bed. And I just kind of came to the realization, like, this is too dark right now. Because it was right in the middle of, at least when we were watching it, when a lot of tension and yeah. stress about the future of not only our country, but yes, we were in COVID stress. I just, it was too dark and too like, oh my God, this feels like it could actually happen. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Uh, you kept watching. I did. Yeah. And I can see the parallels. You know, you can make some lines drawn maybe in projections into the future. I'm not sure. But I think, yeah, sometimes it, it it's like, oh, this might actually happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, I'm not going to get into politics or religion well, or any of that stuff here, but you know, sometimes the show is a little like, wow, this could really happen. Great you shows know? can kind of parallel what's going on in the world around them. Mm -hmm. And um, a show like Handmaid's Tale based on a book definitely feels relevant. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one. You're not the only one who's felt that way. Mm -hmm. I've seen the, the handmade costume yeah. at various, um, rallies sure or picketing of whatever it may be yep and it's very it, i i think my issue with the show is it's a good show mm -hmm. but it just is striking a little too close to home sure and i get i get anxious with it yeah absolutely but you've been you've enjoyed it right i have because i'm that sucker who has hope that 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 one person like june osborne can make a huge impact and a difference when when things seem bleak and down and dark that there is a glimmer of resistance and hope there that things uh could be different or change um for the better so yeah i 
I just still keep keep on watching because there's that hope that she's going to be triumphant and the people that are with her are going to be triumphant, you know. And for those who I'm sure everybody knows what Handmaid's Tale is by now, but the 30 second version of what the show is about is. Yeah. So something has happened to world population where most women have become infertile. I think they kind of flash back to some news clips, maybe a few seasons back about like, you know, environmental factors and pollution have contributed to people aren't able to reproduce and have children. Well, there are a few small percentage of people that can. Um, But society in in what we know as the United States is now Gilead. And Gilead is very um, kind of... uh, Religious. Religious, yeah. Very heavily religious. And so they think it's God's will that these women who are able to reproduce have their babies and even if they're forced to so you know trigger warning there's raping of women there's stealing of their children systematic rape absolutely it's very much condoned yep and And it's very it's formalized right yes it's kind of a religious ceremony essentially yes so correct me if i'm wrong i don't want to get too much detail but like the wife of one of the religious guys yes sits at the head of the woman who's the fertile Mm-hmm. concubine will say mm-hmm. and just watches as her husband yep impregnates so yeah uh-huh it's creepy and disgusting and <sighs> wrong and anyway and so you know um then you know there are women that can't get pregnant and they are um imprisoned in farms that are working camps um so yeah it's kind of a scary society and you can't resist, you can't talk about it, you can't get out of line at all. The sad thing is, I think why the show is a little scary to me is there are people out there who think this is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, like women should be subservient mm-hmm. and essentially just, you know, ovens to bake their seed. Yeah. And do dishes. But yeah, um, it's like that cranked up to a thousand. Absolutely. But it's, it's, it feels like a real, it's like the show is science fiction, right? But yeah, it feels it's classified like as that. It, it feels like it could be real. It could be real. I mean, not you, to get too deep. No, but you, you give uh, power to the wrong people that make these decisions and enforce them with violence. I mean, fear is powerful, as we've seen in history. Fear is a, a tool that is used to get people to do all kinds of things that maybe they wouldn't normally do or go along with. Um, But yeah, it, it definitely feels like not to get all like doomsday and like, Oh, everything's terrible, but it, 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 this could possibly happen. I don't know. I mean, let me ask you this. mm -hmm. Why, why do you watch handmaid's tale? Um, I'm not, I'm not prejudging here. I think it's rooting for the little guy to win. You know, I'm kind of always a sucker for that in, in stories. And I want to, now I'm kind of vested in it. It's like, I got to see it all the way right. through, you know, the little guy being June. Yes. The main character played by Elizabeth Moss. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And to me as a mom, like there's, there's a powerful bond there. She's just trying to get her kid back, you know? And 
So that resonates with me. It's like, oh my gosh, yes. If somebody ever took one of my kids, like, holy cow, no. <laughs> so I many- mean, I would be on a rampage yeah. to find them or get them back, you know. And that makes me think of one of the many things that this show could be could be about. It could be about motherhood. It could be about the patriarchy. Yeah. It could be about religion, politics. Yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff in there, all kind of in, encompassed into you, one, It, it could be sure. about um foreign policy in a way because there's a lot of canada gilead slash u.s type of stuff right yeah there's some negotiations and exchanges and political things that happen um but yeah it's uh i don't know it's it can be sad but it, it can also be like yes they defeated that person or yes they got out or you know you're just always kind of rooting for that resistance to to kind of win you know I, I know of one bad character's fate but are there a few of the you know like the, you know there's like the the kind of twisting the mustache evil character mm-hmm. asshole are there a lot of like comeuppance scenes for those guys um yeah there are some okay that's yeah. good mm-hmm. yeah there are some yeah i mean still to be determined there's still a lot of bad what i view as bad people in gilead and they kind of hide behind the religion which also kind of has some parallels to today (laughs) there are those people yep so you know there's that aspect to it where you're just like that is not christian that is not is it christianity in the show uh you know they they talk about god they don't necessarily name christianity um it seems like they have pseudonyms like there's not pastors there's or correct me if i'm wrong (sighs) There's like, so there's commanders. I think those are just people in power of okay. the people of the land. All right. Commanders are. But and it seems like they've taken Christianity and they've kind of tweaked it a little bit so y- that they do. Yeah. So they're not saying this is Christianity. They're saying, no. well, it's kind of like that. Yeah, kind of. I mean, they, <laughs> they've taken it and kind of morphed it into a form of government. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean. I see that in today's politics as well. Right. Like, no, the, like you shouldn't rule with the Bible. You should rule with the law here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a lot of stuff going on with that show. Yeah, it, it it is. It's interesting. It has a lot of a lot of good cast, a lot of good acting. Yeah. Um You know, I I I do get lost in it in these characters, and you do want to see the bad ones get revenge and. You know, and and then every once in a while, like you get a glimpse into how they got to where they're at as a bad guy, and you almost kind of feel for them. You they kind of appeal to the human side. I was gonna say you're they're humanizing them. Yeah, that's good because you don't want just like a cartoon bad guy, right? I want to know their motivations, how they came to this point. Yeah, what before this moment made them say, you know what, it's okay to rape women because you need a kid, right? But uh, season five. Yeah. You're what, a couple episodes in? Uh, yeah, I'm ha- I think uh, partially through episode two. Um, it's all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little slow and it's a little bit about a struggle that June is having. Um, you know, spoilers here, but she's gotten out. But, you know, her oldest child is still in. And, um, you know, she's kind of torn between seeking revenge and oh yeah i'm a mom like what kind of person does that make Mm -hmm. 
if I am so vengeful, you know. So she's kind of struggling with that so far. And I, I think she could tell her daughter once she's safe, like, look, getting revenge, not the way to go, unless you're me and you've gone through <laughs> all this shit, X, Y, Q, R, P, Q, A, B, X, yeah. Y. Then you can get revenge. Right. Yeah. That's okay. It's kind but, of justified, right? Yeah, yeah. The kid on the bus steals your uh, iPhone. Revenge is not necessary. I think she just, you know, sees sees her child and feels like, what have I done? You know, how am I going to explain this someday? And, you know, hmm. all that. So. And is this the last season? Um, I thought there was one more okay. coming. I was going to say, the show's got to be winding up. I'm winding not sure. But yeah, I believe it's winding down. If not season five, I think there might be a season six. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. Handmaid's Tale approved by Jody. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it is kind of dark. It is kind of depressing sometimes, but I'm always rooting for that underdog. So yeah. I'll stick it out. Go June, go. That's right. Go June, go. Hashtag yeah. go June, go. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us on this Married With Channels podcast. Make sure you give us some good reviews. Give us five-star reviews. That helps other people find the pod. Share. Tell your friends. Absolutely. Do that, too. And until next time, I'm Moose. And I'm Jody. We'll see you. Bye.